Hello, folks, and welcome to the Good Folk Podcast. My name is Spencer George. I am the creator and writer here at Good Folk, and I am your host for our podcast. Before we begin, I do want to give a disclaimer for my audio on this episode. I am testing out a new microphone, and as you will see, the settings are still pretty wonky. Our guests, however, sound great, so please focus on them for today. Ignore me, and thank you for bearing with me. We are learning in real time with this podcast, and I really appreciate you all for listening and being here and for the support. I'm joined today by our producer, Victoria Landers, as well as the members of Trash Tape Records, a youth-run worldwide DIY record label founded in March of 2020. The label is run by Nathan McMurray, Evren Sintonow, and Eileen Sintonow, and until recently was run primarily out of the Triangle area of North Carolina. Nathan and Evren go into college in Chicago and Asheville, respectively, will lead to the label being run from multiple different places. Trash Tape strives to support young and unknown artists by distributing and promoting their music, as well as doing physical releases of some projects in the form of cassette tapes. I'm going to turn it all over to them in just a minute to introduce themselves, but I'm really excited to have them here today, and I know this is going to be an amazing conversation. Oh I knew this God. was gonna happen. <laughs> this will be edited. That's I, I, I okay. So yeah, I didn't want to like assume. You, Nathan, yeah. you got it. You, no, you wrote I'll leave that, that whole part. thing in. <laughs> okay. No, that, that's cool. I like that. Um, I, I like that too. Actually, I'm Nathan. I I, I do a lot of this stuff at Trash Tape. That I, I don't really know how to introduce myself that well. I'm, I live live in Durham, but I'm moving to Chicago in like two weeks. I'm Evren. I uh, started the label with nathan best friends linking up during quarantine um i i live in you can't see the video but nathan's making silly faces and things um i live in Nashville now for a week because i just moved into college just finished my first week of classes and um yeah i'm from carborough lived there for four years and from jersey so i'm one of those transplants uh i'm eily uh, Evren's older sister. I joined Trash Table a little after Evren and Nathan started it because I was like, hey, include me. I want to be a part of this. This is awesome. And um, I, I'm still in the Triangle area because I go to NC State. So I live in Raleigh. And like Evren lived in Carborough for a few years, originally from Jersey, but love the North Carolina music scene and we're all so excited to get to talk to you guys. Thank you for having us. Anytime. Y'all have great energy. You can come and just stay anytime. Um, one thing that for I've read a little bit about your origin story um, from what I could find on the internet, but I would love to hear it kind of in your own words of, you know, Nathan and Everin, how did you meet? How did you come up with this idea? Was creating a record label something that you always kind of wanted to do? Or was it just, you know, 2020? I think a lot of good folks started in 2020 as well. I think a lot of projects kind of came to life during that time. Um, if either or both of you want to talk a little bit more about that origin story. I'll start on that because Nathan was the one who, Nathan, you can give your side of the whole the whole thing too. Of, but Nathan was the one who, who came up to me and approached me and we became friends. Um, Merge Records is, of course, a huge la- uh, label in the local area and they're local legends. And Nathan and I were both attending uh, the Merge 30 festival at the Cat's Cradle. Um, Telekinesis had just played and I was like standing near that back of the venue. I am, what, 15 at the time? And Nathan's 15 too, both 15. Nathan like taps me on the shoulder and he's like, his his opening words were like, we're the only two people under 50 here. And that was the first thing he said to me. And then he was like, do you like any cool music? And then he just like rattled off like 15 bands. I was like, yeah, I'm into them. I'm into them. I'm into them. And Nathan was like, this is crazy. We should, we should jam. Let's make music together. We weren't like friends really before we started making music. The first time we hung out was to make music. So in, in a way, that's kind of always been the um, basis of our relationship in a way. It's pretty cool how it's it's transformed alongside that, both the friendship and the musical relationship um, over time. And then as for like the, the label thing, 
it kind of was a dream of mine. And I don't know why. I always kind of correlated the idea for a label to reading about the collective Elephant Six, um, which were in Athens, Georgia in the 90s, uh, like of Montreal, Neutral Milk Hotel, Olivia Tremor Control, all of these small DIY acts who were helping each other and cultivating a local scene. And um, that's kind of what I, I usually pinpoint it to as my aspirations for it was being inspired by that. But I just kind of thought back, it even goes back to when I was in like middle school and I was really into the band Brockhampton and just the fact that they were a group of a bunch of friends making music and they were, it, it really always inspired me. And Eileen and I grew up listening to that and had a big bonding moment over that band. And I kind of feel that. You're aging me like t so much because I remember Brockhampton, but in college, oh and I'm hearing you say middle school, and I'm like, I was in, I was wow. in eighth grade. But I think this is amazing because it just goes to show like how entrenched you kind of have been in this world at such a young that's age, actually, and, and y'all are all still very young. Um, and I'm gonna let you finish, but I, I yeah, that's but that's awesome. kind of where I would say it started. But um, Nathan, I don't know what Nathan's perspective is on it, so I'll let him take the reins. Everyone got like the whole meeting thing really spot on. And then I remember like, cause uh, so we started jamming in, like August of 2019 writing songs together and stuff like that. And then um, like after we were starting to become closer and becoming like more friends as we, uh, and as we started to like play um, songs together more and then started to sometimes uh, hang out outside of just playing music. We also started talking about like doing um, a, a label or collective kind of thing. But uh, like my, always is more of like a dream because neither of us were really like entrenched in any local scene or had many like local friends that made music. But then when uh, when lockdown, I, I guess you yeah, have a March of 2020 rolled around, everybody sort of went inside. And one night, um, like, 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 like 2, 3 a.m., whatever, Everett ever texted uh, me and then a group of few other people to, um, with, the, like, the hopes of, like, getting some sort of collective together. Well, but since it was in lockdown, it would be, like, it naturally became more spread out over the um, over the world because it was, uh, it was founded on the Internet due to, um, due to COVID. And that led to it being, I guess, more decentralized and based all over. Yeah. I knew a bunch of people on Instagram who made music. So naturally the first people I like reached out to with this idea was those people. And like with that being the base of it, it kind of started as like an quote unquote internet label. Um, I also, Nathan, the I think actually the first time we really like talked about it too was when you you ordered um the modest mouse the seven inch, the blue, yeah. yeah yeah because we went to pick it up at all at all day records all day records <laughs> yeah carborough actually yeah chuck carborough my bad <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. no, that's disrespectful <laughs> yeah, yeah. um no all day in carborough and we went to go pick it up and as we were driving there we were, we were talking about that so for anyone who's not super familiar with the Carborough, I, I used to live in kind of the Chapel Hill Carborough area. And now I'm in downtown Durham. Um, all of these places that you're saying are like famed kind of local haunts. But for people who aren't super familiar with North Carolina, could you tell us a little bit about the local music scene here? Um, like what is Cat's Cradle to somebody who doesn't know anything about it? It's the place. It's where everybody plays. <laughs> the play. No, it's a, it's yeah. the best venue ever. You know, it's, it's it's like it's like the local club that most um I, I guess like like sort of like indie bands with a decent following or just like I guess any band or artist that has um like a sizable following but not like like Ritz or like Stadium Big or whatever but uh go to play. So I, I guess it's like the it's the biggest club venue. So a lot a lot of like uh, that's where you see your favorite artist. If your favorite artist is yeah. a pop star. Probably Eileen and I have probably been to like over fifty shows there, and in our in our yeah. like few years, three with COVID, we're talking like two and a half years. Eileen and I have probably been to like fifty shows there. Um, I start. I probably started going there when I was like thirteen. I, I moved here when I was like five, so from like thirteen to now, I've seen way more shows. I've been I've been in that building way more times than I would like to count. Or like not than I could count. I I I probably would like to count. <laughs> So y'all basically grew up in Cat's Cradle in a lot of ways, right? Like this is almost a place where like you experience teenagehood in a really interesting way, which, you know, a lot a lot of teenagers don't get access to like such an Very incredible true. music scene. And um, Cat's Cradle now, I mean, they own Hall River Ballroom. They do stuff at the Ritz, um, Pinhook and Durham. I just went to a show put on by Cat's Cradle. So they're really expanding throughout Carborough as well and, and kind of 
becoming symbolic of the music scene for the entire triangle, which is, I mean, in the last week alone, I think I've been to what, five, six concerts. Like it really is, it surrounds you here um, in a way that I think is really unique and specific to the area. It's so legendary. It's like, like even when I was at that age, when I just first moved here and I was a freshman in high school, like I was into like big into Sonic Youth. They have the song Chapel Hill, like the cradle is mentioned, I'm pretty sure by name. It's like, it's, it's a very magical place. It's like, even though there's something about it that makes it different from other venues, it feels very homely in a way. And I don't, I don't, I can't exactly pinpoint why, but it does. Yeah, I just feel so comfortable there. And like, it's everybody. Well, I guess it depends on the shows you go to, but everybody in the crowd just seems so cool. Like we saw, I mean, we all just hang out at the cradle. Like that's where we hang out with each other, basically, when we're seeing shows. But like, we all went to see Alex G on Halloween there. And we dressed up as like, it's always sunny. Um characters from the nightman cometh episode and like we all just like started talking to the people around us asking them like what they were dressed up as and like we met somebody who's dressed up as nick cave and agent cooper from twin peaks so it's just like a really cool place where you can meet people with the same interests and music taste as you and you just feel comfortable around them because you like the same artists and kind of have the same like I guess interests and artistic like morals and stuff and like supporting smaller bands. There's like something in the, like in the walls or whatever that makes it because it doesn't feel like a normal club either. It's because because if you go to like other clubs um, to see a show or like venues or whatever around there, like like you'll find uh, obviously there's some tons of amazing venues, but none of them feel like the Cat's Cradle. Like they, they like you can tell even just by being in there. Yeah, and um, it's also it's so cool because. It always has such a wide um, age range. There's shows like where Nathan and I were at, where Nathan could say that we were the only two people there under 50 years old. But then there are so many shows where every single person you're with is like, uh, like younger or, you know, like in college, you know, going to UNC Chapel Hill or just in the local area. And um, it, it, it just kind of reminds you that there is a really big audience for music you know for all types of music they have they host everything from like electronic music i mean like when machine girl played the cat's cradle like everyone i didn't go but everyone i knew went and like that's where like all my friends were going and but then they also house like you know you can find like lamb chop playing there or something like they 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 always they'll have anyone play there and anyone can go there it's it's just it's perfect for everyone basically I really like the way you describe it as a gathering place. And I think that's so true. Um, and I've always felt that way when I go there. Nathan, to your point about there just being like something in the walls, do you think part of that um, is this history? Because it has such a storied history that like you kind of feel surrounded by that and like almost this legend of all the bands that have played there. And whether you're like a famous band or you're a local band um, kind of getting your start, do you think that that's part of it? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely do. I, I remember um, they had like the Catch Cradle 50th anniversary thing and I went to one of the nights um, of that back when it happened. And they had this like uh, where the merch table normally is. They had like all of these, um, like, like uh, all these old flyers and tour posters and stuff of all the people who had come through and played it before. It was like so surreal seeing like you'd see Bad Brains and then you'd see like Nirvana. And then like, uh, so, so like all these like at this point like classic really famous bands that had, that also came through and got their start um, playing places, I guess, that were, like, already established to play the cradle. But uh, I guess all these storied classic bands that have played it, and then all these, um, yeah, how much stuff has happened there is really amazing. And the, and the fact that it's still here, because, like, most venues are, like, legendary for a bit, and they shut down. Like, like Maxwell's in New York was this, like, legendary venue, and it's oh, not in New Jersey, Nathan. It's a New Jersey thing. I'm so, no. I, no, I mixed it up with the, not Maxwell's. What's the other one? Um, Baby's All Right. No, I, I, I mixed it up with Baby's, Baby's All Right. Baby's All Right still kicking? No, it's Baby's All Right is still kicking. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I thought you were okay. saying that. No, I just I just mixed up the two oh. venues. No, Maxwell's and Hoboken. Yeah, I, I cannot keep venues. Like, I can't keep places straight in my head. But yeah, no, the, the like most venues don't last that long. Um, like even the even the storied one, CBGB is long gone. I don't know, the, the, the fact that it's still standing is sort of like a testament to something. 
My mom used to go to CBGB back in the day. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's so popular. I've heard, I've like grown up on stories of this. Yeah. But you're right. You hear kind of. And everyone knows about it, but it's gone. It's gone. And I think that's what is really cool about this area and Cat's Cradle specifically is the way in which like it is living history and it's also creating this new history, right? Like it's bringing all these people together that are going out and creating new projects. Um, whether that's you two, whether that is like a local band that gets their start there. Um, it's a showcase. I think they're doing some stuff with like spoken word and like club nights now, which is really cool. Um, one thing I want to touch on that you guys kind of brought up a little bit is you were at the show by yourself, I'm assuming, the one you met at, correct? I, I We were there with our parents. They were the 50-year-olds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went with my dad. <laughs> I think that's actually even better um, in a lot of ways. And then you found each other. But one thing that I, I feel like I talk to a lot of people about is they want to get involved in live music. They want to start going to shows and people are afraid to go and do things by themselves. And it's exactly like what you were saying of you have to kind of go to these places to be in this gathering place and to meet other people with similar interests. Right. But what would you say to someone who's like afraid, you know, they've moved to a new city. They don't know anybody like you, many of you have for college now. And you want to like get involved in the scene. You want to meet new people. Like, do you go? But I mean, I, I feel like I go to places by myself, but people think I'm crazy for that. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm going through that right now. I just moved to Asheville and I, there's all these like bands coming through, Um, you know, Static Age, what Wednesday and MJ Lenderman are playing there. And I'm like, I, I love these bands. I love these artists, you know, and I want to go, but I'm like, I don't have my friends to go with anymore. What do I do? I don't have my sister to go with anymore. She came to all the shows with me. What am I, what am I going to do? Um, and I don't know. Like I, it's, it's scary. It really is. And I, I am one of those people who would have trouble just putting myself out there and just going. But I mean, if you want it really badly, I guess you have to, to try you know like i mean i think it's kind of like even because i'm starting college like right now it's today I, I had to um i wanted to do this like songwriters ensemble that they have at our school and i was like ah oh, man i'm gonna totally flood the audition or whatever but i was like well if i want to meet people who are also into music and also are writing music and maybe who i could collaborate with the least i could do is try to get in and try to get to a place where i can meet them so like I just, you know, I gave it my best shot and hopefully it leads to good things. You know, like, I think that's kind of what you have to do because I, I, and I think that's the people that get the most done in their local scenes or whatever is the people who are like trailblazers and it takes a very special person. It's difficult, but there's, you can totally like, um, teach yourself to go to shows, to talk to people, to be social. It is super hard though. It's really hard. I'm, I, I don't know how to do it. I'm still trying, but like, it's cool to, you know, see someone or hear from someone like you, Spencer, who's like, I'm going to this many shows in a week and I'm trying to make something and I have this podcast and that, see, that's the stuff that like makes things happen. And I think that was what Nathan and I did was really like, okay, this is all a dream, but if you just leave it at that, that's, that's all it can be, you know? I'm really glad you brought it back to that. And um, that was exactly where I was kind of going with this. And I will say, like, even going to stuff alone, I am 24. I didn't start doing that until literally this summer. And then it's just like you said, like, I was like, there's all these bands I want to go see. I'm in this place. I don't know anybody. There's all this stuff I want to do. Like, I'm interested both as an individual and through good folk in, like, how are we creating artistic community? You know, how are we? There are so many cool people I mean, everywhere, but especially here, like doing really amazing things. How can we bring them together? Um, that is a huge part of like what we want to do here and also just like me as a person. But I think it's so much easier said than done. And the pros and cons of Gen Z, which I'm like slightly on the outskirt of, is we are all so entrenched on the internet. And I do want to get to that because you talked about kind of the start of the label being really dependent on the internet. And I think that's super cool and unique and really part of what makes Trash Shape so, so amazing. But this idea that it used to be, I think, a lot more accepted almost for people to go places alone pre-internet and social media, whereas now it's like you're supposed to kind of already have this intrinsic community. And if you are like a young artist trying to build that community, it's not easy. And, and a lot of the time it's like, well, I can imagine it, you know, I can picture it, but it's just a dream if I don't do anything with it. And sometimes you just have to like shut up and do it, right? Um, and I would love to like, if y'all want to go back 
to this journey of like that moment where you're like, all right, we've been talking about this. We've been wanting to do this. Like, let's just do it. What was that like? Um, and Ayla, if you want to chime in as well on this. I don't know. It was more Evan and Nathan's thing of starting it. Um, but I knew that I really wanted to work in the music business. I just, I really want to be able to help artists like get their story and their like artistic ideas across and out there and so when Evan had told me they started a label with Nathan I was like oh I just I really want to be a part of this and also I just wanted to meet the people on the label because they seemed really creative and like I know how creative Evan and Nathan are and the type of people they would surround themselves with so I just wanted to be a part of it and it's been really cool getting to like just hear everybody's stories and see how they go about like making music and sharing it and getting to like share their projects with my friends and try and spread the word about trash tape too. Um, this is kind of like going off topic, but something you said before reminded me of this just about being like an internet label and stuff and creating a community in our area and in person is difficult but like we did a lot of growing this summer but one really nice thing about having the internet community is that when we did go on tour we just would have some people like show up in like dc or atlanta and it was nice to have those like internet friends that we had made and just small connections and seeing them in person and getting to meet them and make those connections like even stronger was really special i think that um that like that whole internet aspect of it uh, with touring was like really big because um uh, uh up until like i guess this summer that we really weren't there wasn't much of like a local scene that we were involved in or like surrounded uh with uh which like we did uh like end up sort of coming to fruition at the end of the summer um but like i guess starting with the tour and ending with um like right before everybody moved out but being on tour makes it feel like um it, it's like this scene i guess that we had built online uh, it felt real then where we were able to uh, play with all these bands that we knew and were friends with and like see all these people that we knew and were friends with and do all these things that we had wanted to do for a while. And if it, it felt like, uh, I guess touring was like, what was a way to break out of this, um, a little, like whatever we were doing for a little bit, but it felt more, it didn't feel like, I guess, entirely leaving what we were doing as more as like, um, as more as this scene and that we were building and the uh, musical stuff that we were doing sort of, becoming more real than it ever had been before. And so, so I guess less like, um, it, it, it didn't feel just like a tour through unknown places. It felt like you're just see, like going through, um, place, uh, different places you were a part of to see people. Yeah. And I think that the nature of a scene has changed completely just because of what we're, what we have now, like what Nathan's saying about going on this tour and, and being in many different places, but not feeling like we're anywhere like uh like uncharted like we're in uncharted territory like we knew people anywhere we went and we were playing with people we either you know knew a little or loved and knew a lot in like every single city and i think that kind of just makes it that a scene now just spreads across anywhere it really can go anywhere back in like you know decades ago when say you can even go, you know, back to like 60s, 70s, but also like 90s where Nathan and I are probably most inspired by. Those are just like, you know, state areas or city areas like, you know, Merge Records and Polvo Archers and Super Chunk are all like Chapel Hill, Carver Durham. It's just a little section. And we were trying to build a little bit of that physical connection, but it's almost like that's kind of become not obsolete, but it's like you can also branch out so far and meet people there. And then I think we're bringing it inwards now because we actually got to do something physical with it and play shows. We were able to like show it to our friends and the people locally who cared. And then we kind of brought it together. Like people now were aware of it and we made something of it. We played the Haw River Ballroom with a few of our friends' bands and it was just the most amazing experience because it felt like all of it had actualized it's like we, we spread out and then brought it back in it was pretty cool 
it, it felt like what homecoming seems like it like sounds like it should be from like um jackson <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. Um, the Hall River Ballroom is my personal favorite venue. Same. I think ever. Like, I I will live and die for the Hall Same. River Ballroom. And I, I was just having this conversation with someone earlier today. It was like, it's the coolest place and they get the coolest people. Um, for anyone who's not aware of your tour, could you tell us a little bit more about like, how was that process of, you know, you've had this record label for about two years, deciding to go on tour. How do you choose like the artist you're going to showcase? What does that process look like? Um, where'd you go? And then kind of this moment of homecoming, um, bringing it back to that. So about last fall, we had all been sort of talking, we have like a label group chat with all the people involved in it. And we were just like, uh, I guess it started just a joke where it's like, Hey, we should, we should go on tour. This would be cool. Like, so something we all obviously wanted to do, but it initially wasn't entirely serious. And then after talking more about it, we all sort of like decided that, um, they like another there's something that we totally could do and uh, very well within reach so we started um like like emailing lots of people um so like t- uh, messaging people about uh, I, I guess like people with a little bit of touring experience on how they did it and uh and people who and who live in all these different places uh with with i, I guess like trying to help us book shows and get places to stay and bands to play with and all that this is like what went on for months and months of arduous planning like like i don't I, I, at least i like every, every single day i probably spent at least well i spent like a decent amount of time working on this from like october up until like when we left and um and yeah and oh I, and as far as uh picking artists to go with us it was just the um i guess artists on the label that were most able to tour most like ready and most um, a little like willing, and then also location obviously played um, like a factor because we were touring on the east coast of the U.S., so it was all going to be artists from the east coast. It ended up being um Hillview seventy three from Atlanta, and us from uh, the Triangle area, and then Cody from New Jersey, which was nice because it sort of like divided the east leg into three or the east coast into three different points where there was um where like each band was from, giving us like I guess I guess like three homes to stop in, which was very nice. And then it was cool um, having, I, I guess, having everybody be close because, uh, like, for example, with Hillview, uh, we all played in Hillview because Hillview is, front, is fronted by our friend Housef, and it's all their songs, but they, need, they needed a band to tour with. So since they were close, they were able to come up to North Carolina, and then we all, like, rehearsed together and then got tight and then played uh, together in the band on tour. So, yeah, uh, I hope that answered it. Also, something that was really cool about the tour was that um, – Alsif had just released their EP um, songs I wrote while skipping classes on May 31st. And we like started our tour at the end of June. And then Cody released their album Gilgamesh on July 5th which, or 4th. 4th. So at the end of tour. So it was fun that we got to like also promote those two records and play all the songs from the Hillview 73 EP and then hear all the Cody songs. And we ended the tour in New Jersey. So that was like Cody's record release party. So it was just a lot of fun. And we all just got super close. And I think we all just bonded over our love of music and playing constantly, like all the time. Um, but that was something really cool about the tour. And something else was that we played Virginia Beach. And so we got to play with another band on our label, Hippie Love Party. Um, and that was just so much fun. So it was cool to, Everin and Nathan had already played a show with them and met them, but it was really cool for me to get to meet them and just meet so many people that I had talked to online for months or years and actually like get to meet them in person was really cool i i also wanted to mention that everyone played drums in all three bands on tour too because of like the whole like the idea of a scene drummer of like one drummer who plays bands drums for every band in a scene does not go away when the scene is decentralized <laughs> <laughs> okay but the thing okay well when you're talking about that it made me really happy because when you're talking about that the hillview 73 thing because i i I like was talking just before about like the whole how Elephant Six and reading up about that and learning about that inspired me. And the main thing that inspired me was that everyone was lending their talents, whatever they could do. If, you know, someone played an obscure instrument like the singing saw, 
you could hear that singing song on another one of the artist's records and you could see that collaboration happening. And I, it kind of just clicked with me that like all of us playing for Alsif in Hillview 73, Alsif playing for us in Welcome to Berlin, me playing for Cody and all the bands, it, it is that principle. It is the idea that like we're all helping each other out, that we're there to provide whatever we can for the betterment of each other and to hopefully foster a community and help each other's art reach its maximum potential. I think that's what we're all like attempting to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, that is exactly what we're attempting to do. I think that's an incredible concept that like, if you can bring community together in art, you can create all kinds of amazing new things, right? Like so many artistic careers are approached from this individualistic lens that, you know, you're doing it yourself, you're alone in your bedroom. Like I'm a writer that is considered like the loneliest artistic practice. And, and it shouldn't be because when you can bring together people with, and, and that's, I guess that's kind of like your role as a record label, right? Is to like identify people who are good at all these different things and bring them together in these really cool, unique ways um, to create something new and something beautiful. Would it be cool if I wanted to like add something real quick to the um, like whole individualist pursuit of art? Absolutely. Because I, I like I do see like so, so many, uh, I guess, newer artists trying to make it by themselves in the internet, like through Instagram ads and like and emails and um, like buying playlist slots and stuff like that. Where like all that seems like super convoluted and ineffective when you look like throughout history, most great or like like art and um and like artists and stuff came out of groups of people. There, it's like very rare that you'll see somebody just make it entirely on their own. And even if you do make it entirely on your entirely on your own, it's not going to be the same as making it like with like all your friends and you all of you doing something together. It's, it's 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 like it's like lonely and it's sad if you um if you're if you're not creating with other people or like. Like even to a degree for other people, because like obviously, like we all find um, fulfillment from our own art, or I'd hope so. But we um, like part of creating is like if you're if you're a part of um, like a scene of, or a group of people that create, it's like you're all creating like to show like for yourself, but also for this like community that you enjoy being in, and you feel like by creating, you're like contributing something new to this community, and and that because like, the community itself like brings something to uh, to you. And that, um, and that, that, and, and all of that just goes away when you try to make it individualistically. Yeah, there's totally like a romanticized individualism in art, being like, "This is my creation, and it must be unfiltered, and nobody else can touch it because this is me." And that has happened a lot with like the the DIY indie stuff. I mean, bands like Car Seat Headrest or the Microphone, some of the most influential acts for artists of like our age making indie music um all ride on that idea that like it's one person and it can be interesting but actually accomplishing that can be so difficult because we're our worst critics where we we have you know um trouble coming up with sometimes the best ideas you know you need collaboration and it's like the thing of when maybe nathan and i do welcome to berlin together that's our band that's what we toured on and when you know if i try to like do something for welcome to berlin try to write something i can't and then nathan and i will sit for two hours and play and we'll write a whole song right there and it's our best material that is kind of how i enjoy creating art and everyone's different but it's like there's some sort of magic that comes together when multiple people share something have their input are able to collaborate and create something grander than what could have been imagined. Probably. There's lots of people who make stuff um, like by themselves. It's it's obviously not easy, but it's like it's it's easier to access creating stuff by yourself than it is to um, to like go out of your way to make to like find the collaborators that make you feel good and make stuff with them. So having the um, but but when you I guess when you do find like the right collaborators in the right situations, like what you're going to make is going to be infinitely more special than what you made by yourself in the same way that your life is going to be way more fulfilling if you spend it with your friends than if you spend it alone. Because there's, you, you, we, we all derive like, like importance from, from the people and the things around us. And that extends to like what we make, like, like our, what we make will become more important to us and better if it sort of like takes us to like, if it's built around this bond between people. To your point about community, um, which I think is so great because it's so easy in theory to like, 
have this idea of like, yes, everything is better in community, right? I think all of us here would probably agree with that. But that element of finding community is what is so hard. And um, you all touched on the internet a little bit at the beginning. And I want to return to that of like the early days of Trash Tape. How are you finding people? You know, you're kind of working with this network that you have, but do you think the internet um, is a tool that can really bring people together. There's so many mixed perspectives about this, but as a label that has primarily found a lot of people, you know, you have musicians and like worldwide, um, how do you find these people? Do they find you? Like in what ways kind of have you used that tool? And so it's like a mix. It's all over the place. But Nathan's got this because I think Nathan really, really set this up, to be honest. So, so I, I know like we get a lot of emails and Instagram messages and stuff with uh, SoundCloud links, Google Drive files, all that kind of stuff. Of people who uh, of people who who make their own music or like other have their bands that find um they like that they want to um to try to like be a part of uh, or, or they're looking for a community or um or just like uh, a lot of times it's also people just like looking for a distributor or whatever which is really different than um than I guess the type of people we try to find because we we don't want to like just distribute something. But yeah, it's a lot of people reaching out to us. And then uh, we also find a lot of um, like find artists on Bandcamp and stuff. And uh, I know Everett has found like a lot of artists through like through the internet that we've reached out to as well. So I, I guess it's a mix, but a lot, we probably receive more submissions than we do uh, like artists that we find. Yeah, it's it's hard to, to narrow like everything down sometimes i mean we get like so much amazing music and we also just find so much stuff there's so much there's so much stuff out there now especially because of the internet and um you know i think it really has brought community together and we just you know it comes in all ways like Alsif is one of our best friends at, and they make heal view 73 and one of our artists that like has a pretty awesome cult following like people who like their music and want to hear more and are interested in it and i don't even remember how they got on the label i think they might have just submitted their stuff and i can't even I'll, remember yeah also submitted submitted a soundcloud link because they saw us like as a recommended page on instagram yeah it's just really <laughs> random stuff and um and like for instance i i worked on this record with a friend of mine who lives in sweden in stockholm and we met on the site rate your music in it's just like a site where you just discuss music and things and we met on there randomly. I liked his record. He messaged me. And then we started making music and we wrote a record. And it's all of this stuff is so random. And it's just a new form of community. Like, I think it's interesting that this show is kind of based on community in a location. And we're kind of community everywhere. And I think that's amazing about the modern age. And then it's so interesting because you're utilizing the internet so deeply, but then you're also making cassette tapes to distribute your music on. So it's like a fun little balance. And how did you even come where you're like, okay, we're, we're like a basically using this internet to uplift everything and get the word out there. But how did you, how did you decide cassette tapes? How you're like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Like, I'm so, I want to know so deeply. <laughs> All right. So, so cassette tapes. I, I was at this used bookstore in um in Greenboro in Greensboro. Uh, it's called I have Ken Blanky on the name of it. It starts with an M. Um, but they have um they, they have this like rack with a bunch of like old um like ninety minute Maxwell cassettes um for, for like recording whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't know cassette terminology really, but like the, like whatever like the cheapest lowest grade ninety minute Maxwell um uh, like recording cassettes are. And we had, uh, and I, so, and I had this like old, uh, at the time it was my, I think it was my mom's old cassette deck, uh, that doesn't work anymore. Or like something I found at a thrift store, uh, at my house. And this was also like during, like still during COVID lockdown. And I, uh, I started trying to dub like albums of our artists onto these 90 minute recording cassettes, which well, we never ended up selling any of the like cassette of those versions of them. But then I, I also started experimenting with, uh, what did you say? Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, they sounded. They didn't sound good, but they. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I also started um like experimenting with making J cards on my home printer, um just with uh, yeah, it's like an inkjet printer, and they didn't look good, but I under, like understood how to make J cards uh, through that. And then we started getting our tapes. How do you learn these skills? Because I'm hearing you all talk about all of this, and like you're so young, and to to have been like create like who taught? You, did you teach yourself? 
like all these things. Nathan's a jack of all trades. Real quick, I have to, I have to say something real quick because I've been meaning to say this this whole time. Is that when this started, Nathan was doing everything, and for the tour, Nathan was doing everything. I went to Nathan's house once, and we just worked on packaging like hats. That I I made a design for trucker hats. Love my trucker hat. Oh yeah, they're nice. They're nice. One of hats. my favorite things we made for the for the record label, but. We were working on like packaging them and Nathan just teaching me everything he knows about shipping, about how much everything costs to ship. If you package it this way, how much it costs, how we can make this packaging work without crushing hats. I'm like, what, how does this happen? He's very dedicated. He will just put in the time. And I know that Alsif had a similar experience when Alsif was staying with Nathan on tour and they were cutting up the tapes for the cards and Nathan was just spending hours. Nathan tells me he goes and watch, spends hours watching MasterChef and uh and fucking No, I've been watching Better Call Saul <laughs> now. I'm past MasterChef. And cutting cards. But now Nathan can take it over because it, it amazes me, truly. Yeah, with, so with all this stuff, it, it's, it's normally just like an idea where it's like, huh, I wonder if I could do that. And then most of the time the answer is no. And then I just keep on doing it until I make the answer yes. Uh, and if I struggle, I'll look up you. But are you finding, like, is this, like, YouTube tutorials? Sometimes. Or, like, you know someone who's teaching you? Because, like, learning, in my mind, it's like, oh, it'd be really cool to, like, record something and cut a cassette. And I would have zero idea where to begin with that. So, so with this, I know I, I, had a, I had a cable that I could connect from my computer to the cassette player. And I knew the cassette player had a record button. And then I just like basically kept on hitting record until I was able to make it make a signal. And then I was able to kept on trying to get it louder and better. I, I and I eventually like stopped doing this and getting got get them dubbed by duplication.ca now, which is like a company in Canada that's the best. Uh, shout out to Jerry, Jerry Field, and he's he's the guy who's who work, who's like our service driver at duplication. It's funny because one time, well, like a month ago, my my partner who lives in California came and visited me, and we wanted to make cassette tapes for fun, like as a cute little gift thing. And Nathan, being the one who usually does this, I, I was like, I was like, I run a record label that makes cassette tapes, and I don't know how to dub these, and I spend like all this time figuring it out. And when I did it was rewarding. I felt so good. I was like, look, I got the sound onto that cassette. When I put the cassette in the deck, it plays it. And I was like, <laughs> it made me feel so And I was like, this is how Nathan must feel. I, I literally just like recently had a feeling like that. So, so like a, a while back, I bought this, it's this like $90 um, like toy record maker from Japan. So it cuts records, but the catch is that it cuts them really bad and they sound terrible. <laughs> So I've I've been I spent been spending months on this. I'm still not there, but I've been trying to jerry rig this thing to cut really good sounding like like five inch records so we can do like vinyl singles for like real without having to pay like a vinyl pressing plant because we don't have enough money to do that. Yeah, Nathan texted me and, he's like I'm putting a rubber band on this thing and like, I'm like yeah. So 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 I, so I ended up I had to like jerry rig like one of the phone um like you know the portable chargers. So I like like uh, connected one of this, uh, one of those to the thing because um. Uh, long story short when you plug it into a wall it like emits um pulsating currents so it's uh so so that makes this feed like I, I like fluctuate a little bit but when you use a um when you use a battery pack it emits a steady current so if you use like a phone battery pack it'll cut at a consistent speed and then when you master the um well, like you can put it into audacity and slow it down uh, to 33 rpm or so you, you would yeah you would slow down the um the uh, the file and then cut it at a faster rate so you'd cut it at 45 and play it at 33. It's like talking to a rocket scientist. This is so interesting. I have no idea what you're saying, yeah. but I'm trying Nathan, to absorb what you, it. What are you going to study in college? This feels like an important question. English. <laughs> Yo, you want to hear the irony? You want to hear the irony? I'm the music technology major. No, He's you're the not. English major. Oh my god. Yes, I am. Yeah. Wow. yeah. But you know what? You can you can do everything. I studied English and human rights in college, and now I'm getting a master's degree in folklore. Does that make any sense? That's awesome. Not it is it is really fun i have to say um, it is really fun That's but so cool. nathan i'm so impressed because this is like you're talking about all of this like we all just know what you're talking about yeah and i think it's very important to recognize that you all are also students as you're doing this like you're you're just now for the, i mean for nathan ever you're just now starting college right like how are you balancing this workload you know you're going on tour and eileen you've been in college like doing all of this at the same time like most people can barely get through senior year as it is much less like run and launch a record label 
Ali, you got to talk about this because you're the one that has the most things happening, uh, happening with school. And I, I know I have. So yeah, I'm going to state for communications, which I guess is really cool because it's something that from what I've been learning, just getting to apply it to trash tape and trying to make connections. And like, before we went on tour, I got, I like reached out to the indie and got us an interview through that. And I've, I'm also like pretty passionate about journalism and Evan and I did the paper together at our high school. Um, I made them join with me and we did like a lot of music reviews and stuff. And so that's just something that I'm passionate about. And then I do the radio at NC State, and so that's WKNC, and I'm the uh, assistant local music director, and now the promotions director. Um, And the local music director position was awesome because I've just gotten to learn so much about the North Carolina music scene and like the Triangle area. And then I also worked at School Kids Records in Raleigh, um, just normal shifts and working shows, which was another way I got to like meet a lot of cool bands. And then we played a show at school kids on our tour. So that was like a really special moment for me because that place is just really homey to me. And all my friends got to play there and like experience where I worked. And it's just a really cool place. And then also, worked at a cafe so I was like balancing three jobs school trash tape but trash tape as you can see Nathan like does it all um I'm kind of just I just sit back and I'm just like encouraging I'm just encouraging people um and then and what I'm working on right now for trash tape um I basically just documented the whole tour uh, besides like playing with Hillview. Um, and so I'm working on our documentary and also like a music video for Hillview possibly. Um, and then i Nathan and I need to work out a day before he leaves me to go to Chicago to make some zines from the tour. But, um, yeah, I just, I'm really interested in media, I guess a lot. And so trying to get our message and our artists just out there is something that, I'm passionate about and just working on trying to figure out the best ways to do that. Yeah. And I'm excited for the DIY. Well, and the promotional side is just as important, right? If not more important, um, at no offense to you, Nathan, obviously you have to record it, but it, it, yeah, it's one thing to record it, but then you all, I mean, you gotta be able to get it out there. Right. So all of you are like playing different roles and you're making me very tired. Um, I hope you get some sleep. No, so so the, the the biggest lesson is that you don't need to sleep more than three hours Nathan, a night. Nathan, <laughs> he he constantly talks about this. I wanted to say before I'm I'm excited to see what DIY um additions Eileen makes to the label because she was talking about making tote bags and stitch and learning to sew and sewing onto tote bags and making custom trash tape records tote bags. And I want one, and I'm excited to get. One. I will make ex- you one. I just. Please, please I got, make me one. Oh, hold on! I got my sewing machine today. No way! Oh, shit! Yeah, Wait, that's so cool. And that's so, awesome. And a bunch of fabric, so I'm gonna be starting that. Stuff. There we go. That's <laughs> pretty about great. Yeah, we will happily promote those for y'all. Stay. I want a tote bag. Yeah. We will, will. We will share them for sure. Yes. I will get I will working. send them to you guys when I will get. I will get going <laughs> this weekend. Um, yeah, the best place to get secondhand like fabric and stuff because I went to school in Greensboro and I'm so I'm a photographer and visual artist and I made tote bags for a senior project that never happened because of COVID. Um, but reconsider goods. They have literally giant. Oh, I'm gonna write this down. Faux leather, and like for like, and it's like if you fill up a bag, like a pound is like ten dollars. Oh or wow, something like that. that's oh, a wow. lot. So much fabric. Literally, reconsider goods is my happy place. They have literally every like spare secondhand art stuff that you can think of. Awesome. I'm definitely gonna go there. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of like excited now because like. I feel like because college just started for me, so my mind is kind of just like, what do I need for my classes and doing, you know, I'm figuring stuff out. But once I get settled, I really do want to spend time to like focus on these things. Because just talking about these tote bags, I'm like, 
oh, I wonder if there's a way we can get like this logo onto like a patch and sew this on. And maybe we could have like another patch that's like a speech bubble and it says something about trash tape records. And it's fun. Like, I don't know. I think that these are yeah. kind of the ideas that you come up with when everyone's pitching their own I'm, things. Yeah, I'm so, I've just, I have been like, there's been so much going on in my brain recently, but I was supposed to tell you, Evren, that like when I come visit next month, I wanted to bring a bunch of like plain like white fabric and I was going to bring my fabric paint and have you like paint like trash tape symbols on it and stuff and then cut that out and make those the patches and stuff awesome yeah perfect yeah that's that sounds fun see we're planning during the podcast is this not cool listeners we're doing we're working while it's happening yeah my next question for you was really going to be like what's next because obviously you've kind of all been in the same area and now you're splitting up a little bit and like how yeah i know i know not to rub salt in the wound on it right i'm sure i was your age once but god um but like what's next for you all you know What's next for Trash Tape, other than these amazing tote bags? Keep on, keep on growing, I guess. Keep, keep on, just keep on doing what we're already doing, and do it more and faster and bigger. But we're try, we're gonna try to do like the DIY equivalent equivalent of industrialization. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a lot of ideas of things I want to do. We have apparently Ivy's working on this documentary. We'll see how that goes. I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited to see videos and laugh and cry and things. And uh, zines, Nathan Nathan writes poetry. He makes zines. They're very cool. They're lovely. I'm sure that more zines will come about and we'll probably just get more experimental with them. I want to try, try my hand at it. We'll see what happens. And um, I don't know, just, of course, promoting all the records that, you know, our artists make. Um, I definitely want to work more on that. It's, it's been a lot. It's hard to, you know keep up with everything posting on instagram we have like a discord that we do announcements and that's that's us actually a lot of where the community happens is the discord where fans and artists get to interact and that's really cool i love that but yeah just a lot of things i there's so many ideas of like fun stuff i want to do we, we're always trying to come up with new products nathan has those five inch records he was talking about i've always wanted to do like short films if people have like short films i would love to somehow distribute short films that would be a blast like i want to do oh what's up oh i i know how, i know how we can do that I got... he's such a man of many <laughs> talents it's like you need something done it's like nathan can do it, right? for everything <laughs> um zines are amazing yeah as an english major who i make a lot of zines i love zines i support this i encourage it and also zines have such a history with the music world right you guys mentioned being influenced by the 90s like there's no bigger 90s music theme than zines oh the um you you asked like how people can get involved um easier that, that that's it you, you can make zines for so cheap you can go to a coffee shop or get like the cheapest inkjet printer and just you, you can make you can make masters by hand and just photocopy off like dozens of them yeah you, you fold them staple them you can and then uh, you can hand them out uh, at house at like a little small diy shows or whatever and that's such an amazing way to start to get to know people in the community. You can talk to artists and be like, hey, Aiku, do you want to do something for my zine? Do you want to um, like talk to, yeah, like you know, interview bands, get um, get like writers to write stuff, get artists to draw things, get photographers to submit photos. And you can like create zines that chronicle, or zines that chronicle like these these local scenes that would be forgotten. And um, th that is one hell of a way to get involved in local music. I think also another way, yeah, the, the whole podcast thing is a great idea. I love this podcast i think it's a great premise and so happy to be here but also nathan and i we did some episodes of the podcast I, and hopefully we can do more of those and that's something that we can continue in the future we had actually it wasn't a podcast it was a radio show because we liked like a 50s radio aesthetic so that's what we went with but we got to talk to artists both who are on and aren't on trash tape and just talk about their music and get really in-depth stuff about like how they created the records we just talk forever and it's kind of just like hanging out with your friends and it really brings and I love it because it brings the whole idea of just like us just being people, us just being artists and friends. It brings it out to other people and they can hear it. And then like get that's how you get people to be attached is when you say like, hey, we're, we're just like you, you know, we make music and we try to create things. But this is something anyone's capable of, you know, I, I think that's that's sort of whole. Yeah, it's, it's not like special thing beyond reach. The uh, oh yeah. And then like with the. um. Like when we did like the radio show things, it, 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 it didn't feel like interviews or podcasts or whatever. It just felt like, 
it, it was like how like because like, we just interview our friends that we always talk to and it just felt like talking to our friends like we knew every day <laughs> i'm so sad the third episode with post office winter didn't get to see the light of day because so their weird. audio file got corrupted but that was just like it was serious at times and we were talking about the music and then other times we were just like yelling about random stuff and just having fun and i think that's <laughs> You gotta bring fun into everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think art for sure is supposed to be fun. And this is not talked about enough. Like there's this idea that the only art that matters, whether it's like music, photography, writing, visual art, is the stuff that's like serious and real, right? Whereas, you know, on this point of community, like it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be something that you get to enjoy doing. And um, it's been really refreshing to see like you, Y'all can't see on video, but obviously, like, you can tell how much y'all love this and how much you really enjoy doing this and how fun this is. And that's, it's really refreshing to see because it's rare these days. You, you, you can make, like, serious art, too, in, like, a fun community because you, you can make stuff that's, like, moving and emotional and, like, like very important to you. And But you don't have to be, like, like salsa. You don't have to be stoic about it. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, sorry, I was going to say every night on tour i would cry to this one specific welcome to berlin song but then like then they would you know just have like the goofiest banter on stage and then i'm like cracking up but like they write yeah exactly it's all about balance and i think that we do that pretty well because while there aren't really we don't really have high stakes since we're not a super big label but at the same time we kind of do because we want everything to be taken seriously that we do and we want our artists to like do well and trash tape to do well and get bigger we also want our artists to be able to put out whatever they want and like be comfortable sharing whatever they want an additional point we don't want to be taken too seriously yeah, not too like, seriously. Man, for for April Fools this year, I posted on Trash Tape Records like an in memoriam for Nathan, and it was like Nathan had like <laughs> like cartoon angel wings, and he was surrounded by like loads of money, and it was there for like six hours. Um, some people actually thought it was real, and that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, I like I warned my mom in advance about it because I knew she was gonna like it, and she like got really mad at me when I I got home at probably like twelve a.m. that night, and she's like, well, so it's like, what, what's wrong with you? That's that's not funny. Nobody's gonna think that's funny. It was funny though. No, it was very funny. I I, I thought it was awesome. Like that's like the thing. It's kind of like dark Gen Z humor, right? We all are like the world is on fire, so we we have to laugh at it. Um, I know we are coming up on an hour, so I have two last questions for y'all. And the first one, I just want you to do rapid fire. If you had to pick one artist or band or musician that you feel like most inspires you, whether that's in general, whether that's right now, or somebody you're just like really into, you love their sound, you're excited to see where they go. I can see Eileen getting so excited to answer this. I don't want everyone to steal yeah. my answer. Eileen and Eileen and I are it's gonna kitchen. have the same answer. We're gonna have the same answer. It's, it's kitchen. kitchen. It's kitchen. Uh, it's it's the kitchen. Project of James Keegan. I think he is the best songwriter of our generation. No offense, Everton and Nathan. He's amazing. Uh, he's such a good producer, and yeah, his songs are beautiful. Like I. I could, Evan and I could talk about his music for hours, and I feel like we have a lot where I just think that he writes like the most perfect lyrics. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. There's just, it's beautiful songs. Listen to Halloween in August. I, no, shh, shh. It's, no. It's, it's, out of the three records, it's, it's the worst one. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It goes Halloween in August, Pussy Willow, and then it goes Town. Okay, okay. I'm also going to say Kitchen. James Keegan is like my favorite songwriter right now. Um, he has such um, impactful melodies that are so catchy and replayable and you can attach to anything. The production is astounding. He takes somewhat simple like folk songs and just like completely, yeah, just like makes them so, so grandiose. I don't know how he has the way that everything is put together in a range is just it's perfect. It's a grower. It's Halloween in August. Perfect. Now, Nathan, you can go. I hope it's not also kitchen. 
no, I'm not. Kitchen is one of my favorite, but I I feel I don't want to pick one specific one because I I don't want to like single somebody out. But just all my all my friends' music really inspires me to see them them doing stuff and trying to do things. And I know it's like a cheesy cop out like bullshit answer. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's cool to see people that I um people that I'm like friends with make uh, make cool music. It's just good. Okay, quick rapid fire. Let's name all the friends that make music. Let's go. Quiet Commotion, Patchwork, Hillview 73, um, Monkey Child. Hippie Love Party, Post Office Winter, Mouse Tui, um Dwell Troop. Yeah, we will be curating a playlist of all of these, by the way. Yeah. I was going to say, I need them to make a, I need y'all to make a playlist because I literally have been taking notes of every time you say someone, I'm like, okay, I need to remember that. <laughs> I just need a playlist so for sweet. all these bands. Yeah, we should make a playlist for all of our artists. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, y'all. We will link to everything. I'm, I already searched up Halloween in August to go listen to right after this. And please tell us why the best song is "World Is Big." I'm just gonna listen to all of it. I'm gonna listen to all of it because it feel I, you know, and listeners, y'all can listen to all of it and tune in. Settle this debate. Um, we do have one final question. We ask everyone who comes on the podcast this, um, and you can take it in any way that you want, whether you want to take it in terms of like a literal answer, a theoretical answer, metaphorical, you can answer in one word. Um, but my final question for you tonight, and I really could talk to you all night, and I'm so excited to see where you go, but what do you believe in, whether that's individually, as a record label, um, as a person existing in the world, what, what do you believe in? I don't want to give like a sappy answer, but my first thought, like, even though they're right in front of me is like, I truly believe in Everin and Nathan, like so much. Everin, they're my sibling, but they've been my best friend for all 18 years that they've been alive and they just inspire me every single day. I don't even know how to put it into words, like how much Everin means to me and just how proud I am of them and same goes for Nathan um like just Nathan's been there with me through a lot of stuff and I haven't known Nathan for that long and he's also a lot younger than me and a lot I feel like wiser and I just appreciate that you know him and I can just talk about like David Berman for hours and I just feel like so comfortable around Nathan and just talking about so much stuff and yeah i believe in them and their like futures are just so bright it sounds so dumb but that's that was my first thought and that's just how i feel that's just the way that you feel i said david berman line. i was just gonna say that uh, yeah nathan's very wise because he knows how to cut j cards and make vinyls and he knows things about <laughs> the signals that battery packs me but he is he always says stuff and i'm like Wow. <laughs> no, he does. He does. He, he really, really does. does. <laughs> oh, mine's so cheesy too, but it's, I really do just, oh, I hate that I have to like say this, but I, I, I believe that in love, I just, I think that if you are truly loving, genuine, truthful, and yourself to just everyone, you're going to sort out who are the, your best friends and the people that really love you and that you love back and can uplift you and help you. And um, and if anybody kind of gives you shit for it or if they kind of like think, think differently about the way you're acting, I think that eventually they'll come to hopefully realize that like that's the way that we should all be. And I also do believe that really just it's so stupid also just follow your dreams i see people like i, I saw a post recently that I was talking about how like you should just accept that you won't be as important as you think that you were I, 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 you are going to be and i was like well what's the role of importance truly i think that we play an important role in small things but that are actually huge like i i play an important role in being eileen's sibling and nathan's friend and being the friend of all the people on our label and being a musician and artist that's important and you know if if you accept being or not doing what you want you're just gonna be unsatisfied dissatisfied so just go for it whatever that's that's what i think um yeah, this is a hard question i never think about what i believe in i don't know if i believe in anything Boo. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, okay. I, 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 um, I guess I, I believe maybe in creativity. I, I, that's the thing that makes me happy. Like, or, or like making things. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I also agree with like what Eileen Everett said, but I don't want to be a broken record. No, you yeah, you only make records work. Exactly. I think that works. Yeah. I think those are all amazing answers. Yeah. Nathan believes in making things work and making them run. But um, well, I am so excited to see where y'all go. Um, you're such a joy to talk to and just wise beyond your years. And I, I know you're gonna do incredible things and we support you and we're excited to watch and, and we will be sharing the zines and the tote bags and all the music that comes out. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Over over winter break, we should pick a show to go to and meet. Yes, we absolutely should. And we will invite people. <laughs> yeah, and when the documentary film comes out, we'll share that as well, for sure, because yes. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah That's a great idea. I thank you that. so much. This has been like the biggest blast. Yeah, really. I, you, you, the, no one can see, but like I... I've just been like smiling the whole time. This has really just been so fun. I love yeah. this stuff. No, same. This is so good. That, thank you so much. Really, thank you. Yeah. Well, obviously we love this too. Um, this is what brings us joy. We ask everybody what they believe in because our whole thing is that we really believe, Everin, to your point, in, in love and goodness. And um, Good Folk came out of my fundamental belief that I really do believe people are good. And I think if you open yourself up to creativity and joy and, and really believe that that exists in the world, you will find that. Um, it is not always easy and it is not always fun, but it will come back to you. And yeah, we're just excited and thank you all for being here. And with that... We will say goodbye.